Welcome to the Afterthoughts Podcast, where we share our thoughts after stuff. Doug Ryan. Hey. Hey there, E. Great to be with me. <laughs> Natural start there. The honor is all yours, man. Yes. Thanks a lot. And You're also welcome. with me. Also with E. Today's a big day. Episode seven. Whoa. Nobody I, thought. Nope. We'd no one thought that, but Jacob said that was important. Jacob, why is it important to get to episode seven? Yes. Yeah, so in the podcast like industry type thing they say if you can get past seven <laughs> you're good very low most podcasts die at like seven really go past that yeah okay so we made it to episode uh, seven. number seven is the number of completion in the bible so that might wow. be it maybe also, we're all John seven just seems so low John Elway was number seven the threshold <laughs> yeah dude you set out to make a podcast and you you can't make <laughs> you it you set everything up get it all ready like you know what we so got much, four episodes in so much thought goes into it well, we got to five, so let's just call it there. The number of completion. That's it. That's powerful. Powerful stuff. So we've made it. Congratulations, guys. Jacob, that, if I understand correctly, that means we've gone viral. Yeah, viral. We're, yeah. Awesome. Thriving. Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that's that. Not what, that's not what viral means. <laughs> we uh, also today on episode seven, Kayla is out of town. She'll be getting let's married. Go, Kayla. Kayla's not week. with us anymore today. She's in Colorado. <laughs> yes. Going to get married. Congratulations, Kayla. In her stead. I'm, I'm doing that wedding in three days' time. Okay, wow. Doug. You don't have to show off. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Mr. Wedding Officiant. Yep. This week. Right. I'm pretty high on that. What I'm pretty proud for. of himself. Yep. In Kayla's place, mm -hmm. we have Emily. Welcome Hello. back, Emily. Thank you guys for having me back. I'll only be answering to Kayla today. Okay, Kayla. Thanks for being on our last episode, by the way. It was a great conversation. Great combo. Guys, thanks for having me. Great to have you back. Uh, let me check in first on this before we get to questions with Kayla. Hmm? I had you guys do NFL predictions. Yeah. Some of those we won't know for another 16 weeks. Sure. Some of them we already know because they were week one predictions. Hmm. Starting with the Thursday night game, which was the Lions against the Chiefs. Oh, we all picked and the Chiefs. Wow. You guys picked the Chiefs, but Emily picked Emily the Lions. Emily picked the Lions. <laughs> this, there's <laughs> a, just good there's job, a, Emily. There's a principle That's here. Kayla. Uh, and and Kayla, I know sorry. you won't be offended by this. I think the less you know about sports, the better you are at predicting <laughs> outcome. What are you trying to of say? Of sports. That seems to be the, like, yeah. every March, yeah. who wins March Madness? What are you saying? That Emily knows less about football <laughs> than Ethan? <laughs> yes. That's what, what you're I'm saying. saying. That is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Make a definitive statement, Ryan. That's what I'm saying. Okay. The amount of knowledge difference between Emily and I when it comes to football is a glass of water in the ocean. Yeah. But she predicted correctly. What led you to pick the Lions there? I think, if I'm honest, God probably just talks to me more than you three. <laughs> <laughs> probably true because Ryan. you spend more time praying and less yeah. time obsessing over sports. Yeah, I think it's because I literally just do not care. I have no, <laughs> couldn't care mm. less. So I have no bias. Therefore, I walk in more freedom, so thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to do it. Congrats. Well, Emily. it must be nice to not care when we talk about the next game where you all predicted the Broncos would win, and they oh boy, just I'm doing terribly. Somehow let the Raiders win in Denver with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Which is awesome. If you were to tell me that the Broncos and the Chiefs would have the same record, yeah. I would not have guessed they would both be 0-1 yeah. after the first it's kind of a glass half full way yeah. to look at it. They're doing just as well as the Chiefs. Stop, stop. That was a tough, <sighs> tough. Speaking of tough, then you guys predicted the Monday night game. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, that was rough. So you, you and Emily, Doug, you guys 
or Kayla, sorry, predicted the, <laughs> the Bills would win. Yes. Which it looked like they would. Yes. But the Jets came back, and Ryan was right, on a punt return in overtime, which was Wild. unreal. It was pretty awesome ending to the game, but the beginning of that game was Emotional brutal because Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, we think. And yep. that, that's, that's that bad. That was tough, man. Yeah. Three, four plays. It's heartbreaking if you're a Jets fan. I can't imagine. Because you think you're about to have a Broncos Peyton Manning story yeah. where he's got two to three years. Yeah. We've got a veteran quarterback. We can get a Super Bowl out of this. And then on the fourth play Dude. to tear your Achilles. That's crazy. After such an epic, I mean, yeah. it was, it was September 11th. He runs out of the cave with the American flag. Yeah. The stadium, there's like a roar. Everybody's losing it. It's a new season. Brutal. And then the very first series. I can tell you've been I'm listening even, to Out of the Cave cave by need to breathe oh, great song. I have, man. great song thanks I've, for I've sharing that with me noticing that when it comes to sports <laughs> i i'm still a broncos fan of course care more about greatness and watching uh, greatness happen that's why you're and, on this podcast yeah yeah that's why i love hanging out with doug and ethan <laughs> than anything else and so it's 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 a shot to jets fans but it's also a shot for the entire nfl i feel oh like. yeah and all of sports it's just a bummer you hate to see one of the greatest quarterbacks go down you hate to see it is it too late to change our name to Great Thoughts? <laughs> Great Thoughts. No. Well, after the seventh episode, we'll be completed. So okay. next week. Emily, because was it? Or sorry, Kayla, was it helpful last <laughs> week when you learned that Ryan was not the most important preacher in your life, but that Doug was the most important <laughs> preacher in your life? Has that helped you since we last spoke? I just realized in this moment that they're two different people. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's good at this. Kayla's yep. great. She's roasting you guys. Uh-huh. Well, Kayla. well, this is great thoughts. Let's talk about on the <laughs> other side of sports, because that is sad. The greatest thing that's happening in the sports oh, world. Oh, man. The mm, Colorado buffs. Buffaloes. Let me. Let's go. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Get that on the table. Come on. There we go. Here Gosh. they are. Some of my favorite hats. Remember the scene in the beginning of Titanic with the old lady right before she's about to tell her story, where she goes, it's been 84 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's how, it how feels. we feel right now. For context, yeah. we were all roommates in college. We went to the University of Colorado. 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just been two decades of really bad just football and pain and, and let down. But not anymore, guys. Deion it's Sanders, a new day. The miracle we prayed for. Coach Prime. One of the greatest stories of all time. I just can't get over it. I'm just enjoying it. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, the amount of nights we've just been in your living room watching the Buffs just get destroyed. Just tears. By everyone. It's, so it's been crazy. Now we're number 18. College game day is going to be in Boulder this weekend playing the CSU Rams. Can you imagine? Yeah. Which they're going to destroy. <laughs> yeah, if you're them. a CSU Ram right now, you <laughs> you're just running for the hills. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's awesome. Emily, any thoughts on the Buffs? Oh, you did man. pick them along with these guys to win the national championship. Which sounded crazy, but it's sounding <laughs> less crazy at this point. We picked him, what, for next year, right? Well, then I asked you guys about this year. We <laughs> rolled with the buffs. buffs. Yeah. So but not? we've been doing that for for decades now. You, yeah, just always pick the buffs. Oh, people have always called me crazy. What do you think about the buffs? I think I have two pictures of buffalo in my bathroom, so I think that makes me an honorary buff. Yes, yeah, of course. Welcome. Absolutely. And buffaloes do what? When a, storm, when a storm approaches, Doug? Buffaloes charge the storm. That's right. Amen. The only herd animal... To not run from the storm. They That's right. It. Yes. Yeah. Proud don't to be a from it. Run straight through it. Uh, you're going to face the storm either way. You might as well face it head on. Yeah. And that's what run we're through doing it. now. That's what we do. And everyone I talk to is like, you know what? I'm not, I don't have any ties, but I'm rooting for the buffs. It's crazy. 
Hard I, not I've, to. Everybody's team. I've never heard anybody on like ESPN, FS, FS1 ever talk about the buffs. Yeah. And now it's all <laughs> anyone will point. ever talk about. Oh, everybody's you know so really cool. obsessed with us, guys. <laughs> the buffs. These guys. Wow. What's, what I love about this whole story, too, is Deion Sanders, what really he said sold him on becoming the coach, moving to Boulder, was Rick George, our athletic director. Mm-hmm. And that he was the guy who came to him and was like, I don't need you to change how you do things or who you are. Yeah. You be you. Coach the way you coach. Right. Even his faith. Yeah. Express it. Like, no one's talking about that in the media. Right. But Coach but, Prime but preaches talks about every, it all the time. Every press conference. <laughs> yeah. He's praying for guys on the sideline. And to have an That's athletic so director great. from, you know, a public university like CU just say, hey, you do things your way mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. We, and uh, he's going for it. Yeah, he is. I love this guy. We Not to over-spiritualize it, but Boulder was a place that all three of us went to trying to figure out what we believed about and and trying to figure out faith yeah i didn't know if i was agnostic or atheist or a buddhist or a christian when i showed up in boulder yeah. and boulder was the place where god did a crazy work in all three of our lives mm-hmm. and it just feels like that's always been something we've always prayed for is that boulder would be a place where lives would be changed and mm-hmm. it's happening again in in a whole Man. new way um and it just shows you how how much uh how important leadership is and how important culture yes is. yeah we talk about that a lot yeah. here at, at church of, of trying to protect our culture mm-hmm. and you see that play out you, yeah. you bring a guy in to see you and it changes the entire culture and then all of a sudden the city. they go from being the worst potentially the worst team in college football the worst to what they're doing top. it's cool it's Amazing. awesome what do you think the top thing you can learn from Dion right now about how to create culture is well he said he doesn't care about culture he said he cares about players, getting good players. Right. I think that what but that, the reality but that is, is that's culture. That's yeah. well, culture. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't create culture. He is culture. Right. right. So he just he just leads the way he does, and people yeah. just follow that. Yeah. Yeah. And is unashamed about it. Yeah. Yep. And like he's that. got a big gravitational pull. Right. Uh, Scott Brugman. He yeah. said mm-hmm. leadership is if people want to be where you are and do what you're doing, then you're a leader. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And he is the ultimate picture of that right now in sports. Every high school kid is like, I want to be in Boulder. Yep. I wish I was back in college. I might go play. I still have four years of eligibility. (laughs) I'm considering trying out. My answer is people. (laughs) The the way that he cares about people. And I'm pulling for you, man, because you were a great intramural. You played, I I think, four years of intramural football. Is that... We did win a championship. I can run an out and up like oh, nobody yeah, does. Oh, yeah. You're great Especially at after it. you run an out, the play before. Especially <laughs> so oh, yeah. Run an oh, out again. yeah. Let's just throw that out. That. Oh, we'll just Oldest take those trick in the book. Mm-hmm. Double move. Yeah, caring about people. Putting sure, people yeah. over everything. That's what that's what he's teaching us. That's what he's teaching me. I think it's awesome. I'm sure 14 years later, I'll be just as good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sad thought. You can go back for grad school. Go get your yeah. law degree. Yeah, I'm thinking Wolf about law. that. I've always thought I should do that. 14 years later, seriously? I mean, I'm 34. Ugh. We probably won that championship when I was 20. So yeah. let that sink in. Two touchdowns later. Haven't we won but we haven't won us. We're on episode seven of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's go to questions with Kayla. <laughs> Jacob told us that we made it now. It's complete. That's right. I totally forgot we were on a podcast for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just talking about college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about intramural championships yeah. that don't matter at all. We did get a shirt for it, and we all signed it and hung it up in our house for the whole time we lived there. <laughs> Kayla, give us some questions. All right. Kayla here. Um, <laughs> if you guys could be any Avenger, 
Who would you be and why? Any Avenger. And Ooh. Coach Prime is the new Avenger, but he does, you can't answer him. We is is the question um, which Avenger we resonate with more or who we would just want to be? To if repeat we the question, anyone. the question was, if you can be any Avenger, <laughs> so if, who yeah, would yeah, you yeah, be? Yeah. Kayla, Kayla's got, you decided that, Ryan. I feel like Kayla's yeah. gotten a little bit yeah. sassier. <laughs> a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First they're sweet, then they're sour. <laughs> okay, Ryan. Um... I feel like Thor is just the coolest. Nope, I changed my mind. Nice, Iron Man. <laughs> I think nice. I think Tony Stark is is awesome, and yeah. he can fly, but he's also really smart and strategic mm. and mm-hmm. a good leader. Although some would question that that and and I don't know. Well, he's sacrificial in the end, which is the best kind of servant. In the leader, end, right? he wins. Wow. Amen. Sorry if we just spoiled uh, the games so for you. Ago. I'm going Iron Man. Remember at my roast when I turned 30 that Corey just ruined that movie. It had just come out. <laughs> yeah. Before you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, and like I just want to tell you guys. You saw it. Happy birthday, Ethan. That Iron Man and Black Widow. Is it Black Widow? They both died. Yeah, they both died. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to so I thought you were going to say Thanos, but I, <laughs> I think Iron Man's probably my answer too, although I think Black Panther is the coolest Avenger. Yeah. For yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Doug? Oh, man. That's a really hard question for me to answer, you guys. Oh, you're going to have to? And we have a clock going. So just, you know. Cap. Yeah. Captain America. Yep. Why? Because I would say he's not even the uh, most talented, Mm -hmm. most powerful. Mm. He can't fly. You know? He can't. Yeah. He takes steroids and then gets really big. Yeah. Something Something, Some kind of serum. I think it's Athletic Greens. <laughs> Our sponsor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Athletic yeah, yeah, Greens. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he surrounds himself with people who are yeah. stronger, more talented, better superheroes than him, and he leads all of them. Yeah. yeah. He's a lot like you, for sure. <laughs> a lot of ways. Yeah. Not talented. I've Before been told the- that, but it was, it was exactly in that sense of you but, surround yourself with people like, oh, yeah. You know, with saying it without saying it, who are just way better at stuff than you are. <laughs> that's, cool. that's why you're on this like podcast. like a backhanded yeah. compliment. I don't yeah. know. Thank you so much. So, yeah. yeah, Captain America before the serum, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Thanos and Iron Man. Okay. Yeah, before the uh, uh, Do you have another Rogers. question, Kayla? All right, yes, I have another oh, question. Oh, Kayla, what about you? What Avenger would yeah, you be? Kayla. Listen, I love Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like he didn't ask for what he got, but he's responsible for it now that he knows he has wow. it. Wow. great power. Resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man? He's kind of like the junior Avenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? The one yeah, who asks questions, basically. like off camera. Nice. <laughs> kind of a thing. All okay. I know about Spider-Man <laughs> right now is Spidey and his amazing friends. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Spidey so. spin and ghost spider. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I and choose... Fallout Boy did the music. Or sure did. Uh, what's his mm-hmm. name? I just call him yeah. Fallout Boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. Uh, okay, Kayla. When All people right. see that guy in the street, they just go, hey, Fallout hey, Boy. Fallout Boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kayla, come on. All right, next question. Stop distracting us. Next question. What's an embarrassing preaching moment or story? I've got oh. several. <laughs> I can start. <laughs> um, second sermon I ever gave, the, the first one in Boulder when I was the intern at our college ministry that we always talk about. Um, it went great and I was riding that high all the way to Haiti when the three of us, uh, show up and the, the host family tells us, okay, it's Friday night, tomorrow morning, Saturday, we're going to have a little conference. I'm going to call it a conference cause that sounds better. 
it's actually just like a VBS probably. <laughs> it's, it's just like get the kids in a circle. Yeah. And it, was, it was not a conference, was, but let's yeah, call it so that. So I got this big conference the next day. If you're picturing a conference right now, don't picture that. Picture just people standing on a dirt floor. Picturing like a duck, duck, goose circle. Yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah. conference. And uh, you were the keynote speaker at this conference. They go, hey, we need someone to preach. And I go, guys, I got this. My first sermon I just crushed. I knocked it out of the park. I can do this. And I have so much confidence that I don't prepare anything, which is an important detail for what's coming next. And I go to sleep thinking, no, the Holy Spirit's going to speak through me. There's that whole verse. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will give you the words, which I think is when you're under like... (laughs) Standing on court <laughs> under trial. In front of the Sanhedrin, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this conference that I showed up to. And so Just I show up. Just as much hangs in the balance here. <laughs> and uh, I remember that morning thinking, I wonder what the Holy Spirit's going to give me to say when I finally get there. And I walk up on stage and all these people get saved. And uh, I walk up on stage and uh, nothing comes for the first five seconds. And then 10 seconds goes by. I literally like let's do let's do a moment of uh, let's do 12 seconds of silence just so our listeners can feel how awkward this is. So I walk up, they announce me and it sounds like this. Twelve seconds of silence. And then you said you guys you guys good. What? I just don't forget. We're, yeah, we're not doing any. What do you mean? Are we just, good? You're not good. <laughs> but we're fine. Actually, we're not fine. I I'm on this. I'm uncomfortable I'm now. Uncomfortable. I, I'm not good. Thank you for that. You guys I, well, I wish I could trade places with you right now. I'm more uncomfortable because I'm powerless over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yes, uh, it was you, it was it devastating. Was um, I don't even remember where I went from there. I, I think I. I don't think anybody does, and I don't think it matters. Doesn't matter. The, the moral of the story got, is the conference got better from there. Yeah, the the conference really turned around. Yeah. Moral of the story is make sure you prepare for things before you preach. <laughs> That's Very my answer. Do you have any? Um, I have a few times where I've just burped while. <laughs> Yeah, even while reading scripture. Oh yeah, because I'll oh, usually, I <laughs> dude. Like if I have if I have a carbonated energy drink beforehand. I can't, there's so many yeah, times yeah, where man. you'll see me mid sermon like I'll make a point and then I'll sort of stop and pause. So and, spiritual. And it seems yeah, make it make it just sound. But I'm really suppressing a burp <laughs> yeah. and waiting for it to silently. Do we both out. have that. Man. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's yep. the worst, mm-hmm. man. What about you. I can't burp. So not Sorry, that. Man. You can't cough, one, though. Yeah, I can't stop. Just, I have, <laughs> can't stop coughing. I have one more for Doug. I'll use my turn to say Doug. <laughs> Thanks, it's so generous. The first time Doug preached at Young Adults uh, in Denver, he oh. used a word that is not like a oh, yeah. biggest cuss word, but you shouldn't say it in a sermon. <laughs> in a sermon a few times. Yeah. I can Describing tell that. a guy from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, the scene in Goodwill Hunting, the 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 Harvard boss scene, mm-hmm. where the guy from Harvard. That's right. I'm describing the guy from Harvard, who is kind of a tool. Yep. As a what did I say? I said this whitey tidy whitey wearing Harvard <laughs> blank. Beep. And then te- and he texted me after. He's like, "Hey, is this a bad word?" <laughs> it's like, 
Well, I'm guessing you just said it on stage and you shouldn't probably yeah, say that. But I got a little talking to good. after that. Not fired, but just, hey, that is a bad word. <laughs> right. You should know that stuff. <laughs> right. Should be aware. You're going to be a public speaker. Great point, though. <laughs> you were calling him the Pharisee, right? Yeah. And Matt Damon was Jesus in the analogy. Basically. You yeah. schooled him. Yeah. Yeah. You should have you used that at the conference that Ryan spoke at <laughs> oh, in Haiti. Yeah. As well. Man. Yep. yep. This tidy whitey wearing Harvard guy. <laughs> yeah, there's there's many more embarrassing stories mm-hmm. to be had. You I'm, didn't tell one of yours. I've accidentally put a, like two words together a few times and said a pretty awful word. Mm. A few a few of them. A lot of sermon um, prep these days is um, yeah. there's so many landmines you can step on. I feel like your public wild. speaking yeah. in a schist culture sets out about a thousand landmines, and you have to dance around them while you're trying yeah. to communicate yeah, the gospel. We, yeah. when, when we would call each other back in the day to talk about sermon content, we used to talk about content. Yeah. Now we go, hey, is this offensive? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> is this yeah. the wrong thing to say? Can I say that? Nope, yeah. can't say that. You gotta yeah. come up with a new way of saying that. I just, I'll hours. tell one yeah. quick embarrassing one. I was on a mission trip with our buddy Sam's youth group, and in that time, for some reason, was we were, I don't know, it was probably just the guys I was listening to their sermons, but was like, really important that everyone knows that all dogs don't go to heaven <laughs> as if that's <laughs> necessarily true or not Maybe and they i do, felt I like know. i needed to make that point of yeah. like you guys are more worried about the dogs in this country than the people or something and it was just didn't land and it was so stupid <laughs> and dogmatic dogmatic but i got him you, you were so dogmatic you were yeah. so, so dogmatic one of the very first pastorals text I ever got was from a guy that said, hey, do dogs go to heaven? And I said, no. I don't know why. I don't know why. If you're, if you're in here and you're, you, you want don't. to be in ministry, just don't say yes to that. It yeah, doesn't it cost you anything. It doesn't realize matter. that like, that guy was going through dogs. something yeah, like hard. Yeah, lost his dog. And, and my, my mentality was, well, we don't have the verse for it. And so, so say no, but or but flip that. Yeah, to, we don't have the verse for it. So probably, it's, it sure seems like Jesus. Like, well, Jesus didn't die for the dogs. Like, well, he doesn't hate them. Sure <laughs> seems like animals are. Yeah, important. people are more important than dogs. We know. There's no dogs Gosh. in heaven. Oh yeah, have you been there? <laughs> yeah, dude. you're so certain about that. <laughs> yeah, that you'd answer no to that question. Why would there not be animals yeah. on New Earth? And that yeah, pro- that probably it's... shouldn't be a huge theological thing to get worried <laughs> no. about. Or don't to die on that hill. Don't die. Don't get dogmatic and die on those types. Dogmatic. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope wow. you burp soon in a sermon. I really, yeah. We should do a really sermon series like called Dogmatic. I burped under my breath this past Sunday. <laughs> nobody, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really good at it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to save the safe place. All right. Well, now that we're six minutes in, let's <laughs> yeah, get into oh, perfect. Alive and Free. Yeah, we don't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah. So let's... Uh, <laughs> alive and Free. <laughs> Phenomenal sermon, Doug. New conversations Thanks, coming. For a while this fall. Yeah. With this whole concept of being alive and free. Doug, yeah. explain it. Give us some verbiage for the heart behind this. Alive and free, and the tagline is killing the things that are killing you, yeah. which sounds intense, and it is. However, we just got that language from Jesus. That's all based around a very um, a very well-known, famous verse, John 10.10. 10. However, the second half is way better known than the first half. But all of it, you need all that information in order to live alive and free. In the first half, Jesus says, the thief, in other words, the very real enemy of your soul, is here to steal and kill and destroy. Yep. 
However, Jesus says, why are you laughing at that? <laughs> that's not, that, that's that like, you're like, amen, amen. No, wrong place to amen. Dude, we used to have a running joke that I would just get John 10, 10, A. <laughs> that was right. Yeah, like a verse. sign behind my desk that just says the thief comes just, to steal, kill, Just to make a point. Yeah, the, there's a very real enemy. He's here to steal. We don't have enough sermons about that. Yeah. And all dogs don't go to heaven. Yeah, we need to be focused on him. Yeah, I was, I was a pretty cool guy. Keep yep. going. Sorry for interrupting. That, that, that doesn't that, happen to anybody. Half of that verse always <laughs> gets who, uh, goes into ministry. Um, <laughs> the thief comes to steal, kill, steal, and destroy. Kill and destroy. But, but, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Right. Sean made a joke last week. He said, we read that so casually. Yeah. Oh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Yeah. And it's elevator music, sadly, because mm. that is basically a declaration and a promise that living alive and free on new levels is possible for you. But it takes an awareness. There are things trying to kill you. And so kill them before they kill you. Let's step into new levels of living free. Freedom ain't for the faint of heart. It's not like, oh, I read one book about it and I listened to one series and I walked out of church and now I'm alive and free. This is an invitation to constantly have a fighter spirit mm-hmm. and fight for more of mm-hmm. every single day yeah. mm-hmm. and step into more um, of the abundant life that is rightfully yours in the new covenant package that's available by the blood of Jesus. And when I say new covenant package, we've described it this way before. It's kind of like when you get a phone, mm-hmm. this can do about a million things. And so here's a phone package and all you use it for is just to call people and make mm-hmm. phone calls. Um, in the same way, your new covenant package. That's what only the, that, this phone. Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's a difference it's between. Yeah. Now I get why we have a phone. On our and I table. think sometimes <laughs> it always comes in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make that point. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we think of salvation, and we think of. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, we're good. Yeah, we're well, doing we're great. great. I'm gonna talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> we think of salvation. He's still laughing about the yep. thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Just gets it. You just imagine having that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Just to doing great, point. Doug. Um, we think of salvation, and we only think um, uh, heaven forever mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. I die. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's true. But it's that plus um, a thousand other apps that are helpful and useful for this life. Mm. Yeah, the abundant life here and now. So yeah. it's not just then and there. It's right here and right now. So good, man. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about different things that are killing us. Yeah. And how to go after and attack those things. Yeah. Because I said this also, grace, um, since you're a child of God, grace can kind of be like a mama bear at times, Mm -hmm. violent when it Mm -hmm. comes face to face with the Mm -hmm. things that are killing its kids. So when we talk about addiction, when we talk about fear, when we talk about comparison and isolation and insecurity and anxiety and depression, that grace can turn into a weapon. That's not just like a cute warm blanket kind of word it is a warm blanket Mm -hmm. but it's also violent when it comes face to face with the things that are robbing from us life and life to the full yeah yeah you so you talked about drug of choice you could put you said it was really more about pain than addiction Um, but talking about the addictions or the vices the drugs of choice that we all have in our lives and i would say probably the most personally authentic sermon I've ever heard a yeah. pastor give, Yeah, mm-hmm. which I've, I've heard a lot of feedback. People were just like coming to tell me like, that was so great. I'm like, 
I'll tell Doug. Like I didn't, you know, I'm just, I was just sitting there. Um, but that's cool. I think uh, you telling some of your story mm-hmm. and being that real about it was so powerful for people. And saying, yeah. you know, like we say a lot, we're not pastors who wear capes. Mm-mm. And I think of so many pastors, and it's heartbreaking that have had secret issues, had yeah. great falls, had things happen. And I think a lot of that is because they didn't feel like they could be honest about it mm-hmm. with, with anyone, let alone from a pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I commend you for just going for it. I think yeah, that's bro. how you stay healthy and bring things into the light and then invite everybody else. Because if the pastor says it on a stage, then everyone sitting there is like, oh, okay, dude. well, then I'm not yeah. an outlaw. Right. I'm not the exception to this grace that is a warm blanket and is violently loving me enough to come yeah. after these things in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, was there more of your story or more of how you feel now on the other side of, you know, six months now that you've said, hey, I'm not taking any painkillers for my pain? Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you wanted to share or more that you want to shed a light on in your own personal story? Oh, yeah. I could talk about this for hours. Um, it was cool to call the message drug of choice because what everybody thinks right away is this is going to be, hey, what's your drug of choice? Mm-hmm. And how about you kind of knock it off mm-hmm. because it's stealing something from you. Mm-hmm. So let's see some less addiction. Let's see some more fighting out of you. And to flip it and, and give a little bit of twist to the sermon a quarter of the way through and say, this is not about what is your drug of choice. The question that God is, is giving you is what is your drug of choice hiding from you? Because this is way more a message um, about a loving God who wants to heal mm-hmm. the pain that you're carrying that's yeah. causing you to medicate in the first place. Good. I realized... Um, right before the first service I preached, um, a lot of times we'll preach messages that feel heavy and it clicked for me. I'm like, I want to explain what's happening when you feel heavy mid message. It's not because the message itself is weighty. Hmm. Um, there's actually a verse in Matthew 11 where Jesus says, I'm not putting anything heavy or ill fitting on you. I actually want to lift that off of you. Mm -hmm. I actually want to heal that within you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want to show you the unforced rhythms of grace mm-hmm. and teach you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. So when you feel something heavy, what's happening mm-hmm. is there's finally a light. Mm-hmm. The message is causing a light to shine on the thing that you've been suppressing and ignoring and pretending is not there or medicating. And so that heaviness that you feel, that's been in you. You, you walked in this room with that. You've just been numbing it. And now it's being exposed and you're feeling it and it's not comfortable to feel it, but that's what God wants to heal. And the heavier it is, the lighter you're going to feel on the other side of Mm. the healing that God wants to do. But it's not until you choose to feel it and go there with God that he can, he can begin to heal it. And sorry, go ahead. No, I had that moment at the 4 PM Mm -hmm. watching when we get like 12 minutes into the sermon, I'm feeling that that heaviness yeah. for the whole room, but also for myself. Yeah. And I remember just so brilliantly you flip that. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, it's like realizing that the diagnosis is actually good news because right. now you know what, what to do. Right. And now you know what to fight and you have an action plan. Right. And so I personally had that moment where it was like, okay, yeah. this is heavy, but I can stay in this mm-hmm. and I can keep going. Mm-hmm. And so to the one watching this who 
turn Doug's sermon off after 12 minutes, go back through, <laughs> man, yeah. get to the end, because it actually yeah. is really good there was a There was, like, right before I said that, in a few different services, people walked out, wow. and I knew it's not because they disagreed. Yeah. It was because they felt yeah. something Dude. was just, like, illuminated, and what I wanted to be like, oh, can you just, like, stay in here? Stay. Then maybe just they just have to go to the, the bathroom. Room. Maybe or just that. Assume. Maybe that. But stay in here. Feel yeah. this just for a moment. Yeah. Because on the other side of this, I'm telling you, is more freedom than you ever thought would be possible. Talk about for that you. in your life right now. Because yeah. you obviously, it's, I'm sure there's days where you're like, in, you know, have oh. a migraine, in pain. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, that's got to be hard. But what yeah. are some of the freedoms you're finding as you're saying goodbye to something that became a vice in a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because it was years and years and years, you know, of a similar pattern. And um, first of all, it just takes some time for your body and your brain to um, rewire itself Mm -hmm. and learn how to function at a high capacity. I feel like for the last six months, and you guys have been so gracious towards me in helping lead this church, but I've always been a high capacity person and just I want to do everything I'm going to show up and and be energetic and have things to uh, pour into you and have ideas and vision and I just have been operating about here Mm. and that has driven me crazy that's been the hardest part for me Um, but you just give it enough time I said this also children of the promise what that means is everything heals everything everything heals Jesus's garden, Gethsemane, became a grave yeah. so that the rest of forever, there's now a new era where graves become gardens. Mm-hmm. We're children of the promise. And if you're willing to feel it, God will heal it. Everything heals. You just have to not panic yeah. and play the long game with this. Yeah. Once again, that's like what's so um, insidious, I guess, about addiction and even the dopamine system in your brain is we are so wired to play the short game and well i have to be on this week yeah like no your kids would rather you be on for the next 16 years Mm. wow if you are a little off for the next three months to do what you have to do to walk through a valley to the other side you know what i mean yeah yeah also the beauty of leading a church as a team instead of just one guy yeah um is when i can't show up you know, to my full capacity, you guys do. Yeah. And, uh, and you find out, man, I'm a lot less important than I thought I was in the first place mm-hmm. because there's been so much fruit in the church the whole time. I've been just sort of not showing up the way I want to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think also, man, I just, there's something in me that go, looks at my future now and I go, there's no longer a lid. There used to be a lid and I was functioning at a high, but I'm like, there's a, there's a lid that's kind of closing in a little bit more year by year by mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And now that's gone and that's mm-hmm. removed. And so while I feel, you know, 75% capacity now, I go, but the sky's the limit yeah. for the freedom that I can walk in if yeah. I just one day at a time keep on this journey with God. Yeah. yeah. Being willing to walk into and through the pain rather than avoid it, yeah. which I thought was so cool how you explained talking about Jesus that Gethsemane means place of pressure. Yeah. yeah. And never knew that. All of the pressure, uh, like you said, this the cup that Jesus was talking about was mm-hmm. not 
I'm going to go get crucified and that's going to hurt really right. bad. It was so much more than that spiritually oh, and emotionally. Yeah. And everything, yeah. all of the darkness and sin and evil of the world. And the reality of hell, which is him. the absence of the presence of God. All being laid on his shoulders. Yes. And yet in that place of pressure, he just said, okay, then I'll, if, if this is your will, then I'm going to walk through it. Yeah. And that also, I yeah. think is, I mean, that's sometimes maybe sounds like an easy answer to people, but mm. when you're in those low places, you have your God who's walked through all of it mm -hmm. before, mm -hmm. who will walk with you, who will carry, who will throw you over his shoulder yeah. and, and take you into yeah. and through those places yeah. of pressure. Yeah. I love that. I it was, that was cool. Really cool. It was cool. Thanks, wow. man. It was cool, too, to get to say all of that and be honest with everybody and then follow it up. I, I just felt so much confidence saying, here's why I can stand up here and be broken in front of you. Mm -hmm. None of us have ever pretended to wear a cape. Um, if you need that, you need to find a different church. Yeah. But just be warned, that pastor is only pretending to wear one yeah. because you need him too. Yeah. He's not really. He is broken. She is broken. Mm -hmm. um, but I am so confident to stand up here and just be broken in front of yeah. you um, because I know every single person, you get what I'm saying yeah. Yeah, that's in right. a different version to a different degree, wow. you get exactly what I'm saying. And if we could just all skip the small talk wow. and stop pretending, because it's one thing, in, in the Christian world especially, mm -hmm. and our church and, and Sean, our leader, he is the best in the business at <laughs> yeah, this, and we totally. freaking love him for that. But in like evangelical, the circle that we run in as a church, it is, it's very almost helpful preaching wise to get up there and tell stories about how broken you were and how much struggles you had 12, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your testimony and the worse, the better. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? The lower you were, yeah. the higher God has brought you, yeah. the more everybody claps for it. And it's safe to tell about struggles from way back then. Mm -hmm. But to be honest about, Hey, can I talk to you about right now? Yeah, right I talked now. about six months ago. Can I talk to you about the series we preached a, a year ago, how much I was hurting during that series and yeah. you didn't know, you know? Yeah. And I was leading you during that series and see what God did using the brokenness of even leaders who were struggling. Wow. Um, Sean says this, a revelation he had when he went through all of his stuff a few years ago. God, I used to think God uses you in spite of your brokenness. It's actually better news. Mm. God uses you because, because man. of your brokenness. Yeah, that's such yeah. good news. Mm -hmm. And I, it's interesting that we've created, uh, and I'm a part of this, a, a culture where we need somebody to have it all together. Mm. Right. And so the interesting question for me, with the line you had of go to a different church if that's what you need, a mm -hmm. pastor who has it all together. The interesting question to me is, um, and also maybe take some time to ask yourself, why do I need somebody who has it all together mm. like why why mm. is it that i need to to show up every weekend and have somebody else um be a picture of yeah. the thing that i can't do myself yeah. as opposed to looking in a mirror and going no actually i'm a broken person too and that's okay yeah um because there's grace for all of that but the holy spirit lives in me and god wants to do something in my life so i don't need just somebody up on a stage telling me all of this stuff i can mm -hmm. actually hear from god 
myself and I can actually have this personal relationship with yeah. God myself. Yeah. And I think when if we can empower more people, so many of my pastoral meetings these days are just empowering people to believe that about themselves. Mm. Because I think if we can empower more Christians to believe that that's actually true, because it is, mm. um, there's going to be less of this, uh, there, you know, that... <clears throat> dichotomy that we see i sound like ethan coffin over here that so dichotomy we see of, of like we're down here and this other person is up on the stage and we need them to hear from god for us and then i think we're going to put less pressure on the whole right. system and so to me the solution to all of this is realizing that you and me and every person listening can have a personal relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. or the Holy Spirit, where you become a temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's working through you. Well, yeah. I think that when you share that authentically, like you did, you go from standing on the stage and people maybe having that perception of like, okay, that guy has it all together and he struggled once back yeah. then. Yeah. Right. And so I'm struggling right now, but then someday I'm gonna have everything perfectly figured out, which is a fallacy. Right. But you move from the stage to, I'm in the seats with you guys. Uh-huh. And the actual guy who's on the stage who does have it all together is the guy who was in Gethsemane. That's right. right. And he's the one who took the cup. Right. Yeah, and well he said. did all this for us, yeah. which is the point of church and what we talk about all the time. But we misplace that, I think, so often where, mm. yeah, a pastor has accountability and should be sitting with his people saying, hey, if anyone's going to stand up here and take yeah. a bold step of faith, I'll go first. Right. I'm yeah. running towards Jesus. Right. I'm going to do everything I right. can. But, but it's not about me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's about the guy who was in the place of pressure and Good. said, yeah, I'll I'll do whatever you need me to do here. Exactly. And take care of it. Yep. Uh, switching gears real quick. Okay. You talked about a Netflix documentary. Yeah. yeah. Called Painkiller. Yes. Uh, you talked just a little bit about the backstory. It was the guy who created OxyContin. Yes. And kind of a sinister reality behind all of that. Oh yeah. Give give me a little more about that documentary, and not even necessarily the war on drugs, but the bigger picture of pleasure and pain. Sure. And what you saw through that. Yeah. Um. So that has a few different storylines happening. Um, and it's the story of a little over 20 years ago with Purdue Pharma, Richard Sackler, and that what I shared in the message was a monologue mm. that he gave in a board meeting mm. and convinced the board to go ahead and create OxyContin, the painkiller. And his whole thing is you have painkillers like morphine that everybody associates with death in hospitals, mm. but now we're gonna create a painkiller called OxyContin that everybody's gonna associate with life and life to the full. Mm. And his monologue is evil, eerie, and brilliant. Right. When he says all of human behavior is comprised of two things, running away from pain and running towards pleasure. Mm away from pain towards pleasure, pain to pleasure, pain to pleasure. And if we can position ourselves in between the two, then we become the gateway for everybody away from pain and towards pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it's so spot on. And that's one of the storylines happening in that documentary series. And another one of the storylines is just a, a guy um, played by Taylor Kitsch, mm. Tim Riggins, mm -hmm. um, who just was a blue collar, owned a, a mechanic shop and got injured on the job site yeah. and was prescribed this. And then you yeah. start to see um, it's brutal to watch. I actually, I think it's like five or six episodes. Yeah. I got through two and a half yeah. and I actually had to stop mm. because of his story yeah. because so much of it was uh, hit, hit yeah. too close to home. 
Yeah. And I even patterns he had mm. and things he would do in the beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a little bit too real for me. Mm. And I know where this is going. Um, and so I had to stop watching it. Um, but it is, man, it's so real. Like since that monologue, if you will, and I'm sure it's been dramatized and all of that stuff for the sake of the documentary, but the amount of even overdoses, the problems, the opioid epidemic yeah. in the last just a little bit over two decades um, and the things that could have and should have been avoided. Yeah. Um, we have a real problem, yeah. a real yeah. problem. And yeah, you know, there's, I'll probably talk about this in a few weeks in a, a sermon. I'm trying to figure it out maybe on distraction, um, but talk about our phones because there are so many, um, it's like flashbacks from present day to 20 years ago. Mm. And there, you know how some of these, yeah. it's like quick uh, zooms and it makes you feel, it's like disorienting a little bit mm. and chaotic and it speeds up and there's sound bites from 20 years ago from, oh, Oxycontin's actually safe and as long as they're under the, the care of their physicians, it's perfectly fine. Mm. And, all the, and then it gets more disorienting and faster zooms and faster clips and quicker sound bites and then all of a sudden it's like 20 years later. Yeah. And everybody goes, oh, dear God. And I thought of that, a documentary series being made 20 years from now about these. Mm -hmm. And I even hear like sound bites I've given from messages of like, this isn't bad, this is neutral. Yeah. It's just neutral. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And uh, hey, we're all addicted to this. And then a sound bite of a congregation all giggling and laughing because we yeah. all know, but we all. Yeah. And then faster sound bites and like yeah. more and more stats and then it's disorienting and then it's 20 years later. Yeah. And we're like, oh dear God, what did we just do? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Well, I just think that uh, that was one huge piece of what you talked about when we talk about things like phones. Mm -hmm. A sermon about drug of choice. I'm mm -hmm. not just talking about opioids. I'm talking about no. all these things that we all normalize mm -hmm. and they can be can be neutral things, but they are quickly not neutral. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I wrote down a couple phones and social media. You talked about success, <sighs> yes. the addiction of success. Yeah. And you get rewarded and applauded for that addiction. Yep. Mm -hmm. Food can be one yeah. of those things that's totally oh. acceptable in our yeah. culture. Yeah. Uh, caffeine. Yep. yep. Uh, for me, like sports and fantasy football. Yeah. Can, yeah. Be, can go from being a fun thing to an escape. I was just talking right. to my wife about that the other day of like, I need yeah. to even put that in check. Right. Because you get dopamine hits. Right. Because it's easy to unplug from some reality uh -huh. you need to deal with and just put your brain into something that you don't have to think so much uh -huh. about. And I think you leveled the playing field yeah. for everybody Good. to be like, hey, we all have something like this. And even to the point of like, some people need medication. Right. Absolutely. This isn't an anti-medication sermon. Of no. You need to just get rid of anything that's helping you and you just need to only, right. Right. you know, let God work. Well, God's going to work through common graces like medicine. Right. right. But when it's reached a point like it did for you, mm -hmm. where you were standing on the edge of seeing this could, this is a lot more than just helping with my pain now. Mm -hmm. This is becoming dangerous to me. Mm -hmm. I think that opens up everybody in the room and all of us to just hopefully have some self-reflection of what are those things in my life yeah. mm -hmm. that need to be put back in check. Right. Were there any things for you that stuck out? Anything that you go, man, that's something that I wouldn't call a full-blown addiction, but it's something that I need to 
uh, check myself on. it always not to sound like a broken record it always comes back to phone hmm. for me mm-hmm. um and i think that phone but i i will say it like this i'll say screens um because there's there's some nights where i finally put my phone away and i'm feeling good but then i just go watch netflix for an hour and it's yeah. like well it's, it's basically the same thing <laughs> no that's better right? <laughs> yeah. um there's nights where i'll have and i've i've taken a lot of steps trying to take a lot of steps but it's so easy to fall back into where i'll have like a show going like arrested developments going on the screen love arrested development and then i have my emails up on my yep. computer screen oh yeah and i'm texting somebody yeah yeah and it's just me in my living room and there's three screens going on yeah and I, at some level, like need that mm-hmm. to happen just to, mm-hmm. to feel okay. And, and so I, I feel just so much better and more full and more alive um, when I'm learning how to put limits on, yeah. on those things. Mm-hmm. I always talk about it, but reading way more than, than watching. Um, but, you know, what's wild is like I, I'll go through two or three weeks of doing really well with that. Yeah. And then it's like I blink, and I'm straight back yeah. into all of the bad oh, habit, man. Like I've fallen complete, not just a little bit off. Like yeah. I've fallen completely off the the wagon. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, why why do I keep getting on Instagram? Yeah. Like right. Every twenty minutes to it's, yeah. It's to like check. a sinister connection between what I think this all points to is we as human beings, and I'm a perfect example of this, trying to avoid pain, yeah. Yeah. trying to avoid some hard realities of life, yeah. trying to just numb ourselves with things like an algorithm that knows that about you and is going to just utilize that reality about you to keep you scrolling all day long and it's things like that that i think you got to that point with you know taking painkillers to help with your migraines i feel like we get to that point with our phones and a lot of people how long are we going to keep saying like yeah this isn't probably all good and keep justifying right the very things that are killing us slowly that are robbing from us yeah so maybe a good challenge for everybody because um i think a lot of people would still say i'm not addicted to my phone and i would say all right cool prove it good put it away for 24 hours completely put it away or delete instagram or tiktok for a month and watch how your body, your physical body responds. Watch when you're you you're going to the bathroom and you pull out your phone yeah. and you try to find Instagram and then all of a sudden it's Dude, not there. Totally. And you're like, wait a sec, I'm, it usually is right yeah. there. Where yeah. is it? And how many times you do that throughout the week? Yeah. yeah, I deleted Instagram off my phone just 11 days ago. Yeah, I got a pretty nasty DM from nice. somebody Good. who was just helpful, Good. just hurting and broken and needed somebody to take it out on. But then I was like, I absorbed that that night. And I was like, I don't need this. Yeah. And so I, I just got it off my phone. And how many times in 11 days I have picked this up out of boredom Yep. when I just have 45 seconds to spare. Yeah. I'm in between tasks for 45 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't just be bored. Yeah. And I can't just be present with God. Every stop. And it's yeah. crazy because we yeah, start man. to use all these things um, from this to, it's like God, you know how, how much God wants you to be bored with him for five minutes in line at the grocery right. store? Yeah, and right. you don't have that at all. Wow. Yeah. Um, when you're uncomfortable and you just need, this is me to a tea, like some comfort food, I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, I want so bad to be your source be of comfort, comfort right now, yeah. but yeah. you keep running to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taking medications because 
there's this heaviness that I feel and God's going, I want so bad to give that some attention in your life yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I said this, I said, the reason your, your drug is so powerful in your life is because it almost works. Right. And it's really hard to stop doing things that almost work. Mm. They get you right up to the glass where you can like see the version of yourself that's alive and free. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. You're so close, but you're so far because you know Dude. the way to actually get there is not just the glass vanishes. vanishes. There's a journey yeah. of yeah. backtracking yeah. where God's taking you through some valleys mm -hmm. around and there's some healing and there's mm -hmm. some processing and there's pain to face <sighs> yeah. to get you over here. Yep. The, I've used a sermon story before about like finding Nemo, finding Dory, mm. the, uh, the second one where there's a, an aquarium in Northern California and it's right on the edge of the ocean and mm. there's, um, there's a, a whale shark and a beluga whale and their glass, one of the walls is glass and it leads up to the ocean. Mm -hmm. And so they can get right up to the glass and see the ocean, oh, man. but it's not the ocean. That's it. It's not the real thing. Mm. It's some counterfeit version that feels so close and it's really hard to stop doing things that almost work for you. Yeah. That's what, and that is like the insidious nature of even how our, our brains are wired and the war, our brains are not wired for the world that we currently live in. It is not mm. normal to have, to quote Anna Lemke, which I did in the message a few times, an abundance, yeah. an absolute abundance of drugs of choice yeah. and different ways to dump dopamine into your brain. Mm -hmm. And when our brains are meant to sort of drip it, right. drip it, because it drives us with effort to go pursue the things that are, that are gonna be healthy for us. And when we get to those things and when we accomplish them, it rewards us with a little yeah. bit of like a, a dopamine surge that mm -hmm. keeps us pursuing the things that are good for us. But now all we have is an overwhelming amount of ways to get dopamine dumps yeah. without any effort to get them. Yep. And that is the worst possible thing for the human brain. So much so, even sociologists and scientists right now are, are using like the natural selection terminology mm. and they're saying, this is, this is no, no, like forget Christianity, forget God, just scientists and sociologists talking about the future and saying nature is going to select for those who have self-control. That's the world we now live in, which by the way, yeah. the Red Rocks worship album, mm -hmm. I think I'm so proud of Emily and, and Corey and Tyler, the whole Red Rocks worship team. I'm like, that album is so good. And one of the songs used to be the song that I just never listened to. It's called What a Gift. Yeah. And I was always just the one I was like, well, I'm gonna listen to the, the heavy, the slappers, the heavy hitters. And, yeah. But then at our worship night in Austin recently, um, I think it was Serena who sang What a Gift. And the bridge talks about the fruit of the spirit. Fruit, yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, peace, patience kindness, and self-control, self yeah. let it overflow. And as soon as she was singing that, I was like, I've never heard a worship song yeah. sing about self-control. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that song has become my mm. favorite worship song yeah. to listen to because of the season I'm in and because of our cultural moment yeah. and what we're, we're faced with, oh, where man. that is going to be the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. If you have self-control, the future belongs to you. Yeah. yeah, we've talked a lot about the theme verse. It feels like in a lot of ways this year has been um, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. And that root Greek word, sound mind, can also mean self-discipline, self-control. Self yes. uh -huh. And it's 
kind of just like the Easter egg right there of like, you want to have a sound mind, you need to have self-control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Those two things go hand in hand. I felt like my biggest thing walking out of your sermon a few weeks ago when I was preparing to preach about pain, mm-hmm. the problem of pain, I was listening to a pastor talking yeah. about pain is not the sinister thing in your faith. Pleasure is. And it led mm. me like on this journey that when I actually open myself up and I shut off the distractions and I go there with God, pain leads me to need more of him. Yeah. But like you said, pleasure just leads me to say, I need more of this. Yes. It leads me to something else that's yes. not him. And it never is enough. And so... It's the song from Greatest Showman, Never Enough. Yeah. Yep. It's Which is never going to be incredible, enough. All the incredible stars, vocals in that yeah, song. Yeah. Oh, so good. But it, it's haunting yeah. because you talked about, I think it was Andrew Huberman who yeah. said that it's the narrowing of the things that bring you yeah. joy. Until it's one thing. Until it's one thing. But then that's at some point not bringing you joy anymore. It just keeps you from pain. It's just a, your life is just avoidance at that point. Exactly. And we all do that. So the flip ways. side of the addicted life yeah. is the abundant life. When I say addicted life, once again, we have to get out of our head that this is a podcast for those people who are addicts. Yep. Yeah. This, no. Those people are all people. We yeah. all are in recovery for addiction in right. some yes. way, shape, or form. Right. Yes. So the flip side of a, the addicted life is the abundant life, which I guess would be the gradual expanding yeah. of things that bring you joy. And may mm. we as the church be the place that people can come and actually feel and experience their pain. Yes. And yeah. start to heal from it, no longer numb from it, Yeah. but to heal from it. And I feel like in my life, a lot of times I want to avoid all the pain because I want to excuse God from that. Yeah. Mm. Like get him off the hook. Right. And yeah. the, one of the biggest things I've learned this year is God did not ask us to get him yeah. off the hook for pain. He put himself on the hook. Yeah. yeah. Right. So go meet him in the place of pressure. Go right. meet him wow. in the place of pain. And it will lead you to need more of him. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you model. That's what we need to model for yeah, people man. is let's yeah. go there and let's get better. Let's yeah. heal. Yes. Let's no longer let these things, even if they're normal parts of daily mm-hmm. life that everyone else would say, you put boundaries around that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's robbing yeah. from me. It's yeah. stealing from me. I want this abundant life and I'll do anything. Mm. I won't compromise for that for myself, for my wife, for my kids, for you guys, for our mm-hmm. church. Yeah. I want to live a life like that. So yeah. thank you for encouraging me because I'm also yeah. a pain avoider. Yeah. But I needed Absolutely. that so much. Yeah. It's our it's our chronic avoidance of unhappiness. Our obsession with avoiding unhappiness yeah. is actually the reason we're unhappy. Yeah. Where sometimes the way to, to life to the full, more mm. levels of alive and free is into the pain and into yeah. the past trauma and... In fact, since we have Emily here as Kayla, Emily said a couple years ago, you, you mentioned about pain and joy mm-hmm. existing in the same space. Yeah, yeah. Can you say that the way that you felt it, like even yeah. just really quick? Sorry to put you on the yeah, spot. No, 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 it's good. Uh, it was actually all of our, you guys know Kylie, one of our friends, Kylie. It like sparked when I, I think it was right after I moved here and then a lot of life has happened mm-hmm. past that, that it's held deeper weight for. But I remember having dinner at Flower Child in the domain with Kylie right after I'd moved here. And she kept being like, how do you like Austin? Like, how's it going? How's the new job and all this? And I was like, good, you know? And she was like, but do you miss Denver? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but, you know, like I kept mm-hmm. trying to talk about all these things that were hard because like moving your life is hard. Right. And like, but, but, and she was like, okay, why can't you say and? Like, I'm not thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, like why yeah. do those things That's have good. to cancel each other yeah. out? Yeah. Like, why mm. can't you, why can't it be true that you miss that? You just left mm. a bunch of friends and community you'd built for four years. And yeah. now this is also fun and new yeah. Yeah. and you're, and you're excited to be here. Yeah. Like, so why good. can't That's that it. those coexist? It, it makes you know? me think yeah. of like, uh, if you could yeah. imagine like um, a graph mm-hmm. where... You, you picture like the x-axis 
and then it's like pleasure, good feelings up here, and then pain and bad feelings are down here. Yeah. However high up you want to feel, you also have to be willing to feel equal parts pain. Yeah. Yeah. And what our drugs of choice do is they 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 numb pain so you don't totally. go into the valleys. But then what it does is also just down. like mm. this is just until you're more and more and more and more and more numb. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if you numb feelings, I feel like you numb feelings. Like it, yeah. they all come from yeah. exactly. You don't get exactly. to choose. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So yeah, yeah. Are, are you? Thank you, are you uh, <laughs> Happy to be here. For are Kayla. you gutsy enough to feel all of it? That's right. You know, and that's why yeah. when we say alive and free, yeah, um, that's what we're going. That's after. not just good feelings all the time. No. This isn't a, a sermon series about how just to feel good always. Right. It's a series yeah. about how to embrace and live in the freedom of everything yeah. that the abundance of the life here and now, this side of forever, well, has yeah. to offer you in Jesus. And the guy who made that promise, who said that, didn't withhold this part either from himself. No. Either side. He let himself have the full human experience and feel the worst pain that anyone's ever felt. Mm-hmm. And that's the root of where we find yeah. the ability wow. to be alive and free. Yep. And that's why I think it... it Brings new meaning to James chapter one, where he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials, when you're facing pain. Um, easier said than done. Yeah. However, it does bring a lot of purpose because you know, even how your dopamine system is wired. If you are in pain right now mm. and you are going through a season or even like, let's say a day where it's just, there's pain, pain, pain. Yeah. What that means is there is this following yeah. Yeah. of there's, there's more, like your brain is going to, by survival, it's bring it's going to balance that pain out with dopamine. Yeah. And if you don't waste the pain, um, it will make you more mature and complete on the other side of wow. this, lacking mm. less, wow. more ability to walk in a world where you will have trouble. Yeah. And experience and take heart a, and, and take heart and be alive and free. Yeah. That's so good, dude. Dude, the sermon was so empowering. That's how I. That's how I, I. walked out feeling. It's like this. Everything we're talking about. There's an empowering aspect to it where you realize, like, oh, I actually can decide to face this pain. Right. Oh, I actually can tonight. Just for tonight, I am going to put my phone away, or I am going to put that thing away, or I am going to say no to that piece of pizza, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And every time you do that, you it works in the opposite direction too, where you go, oh. I liked working out mm. this morning. Yeah. I liked waking up early this morning. I liked having my quiet time yeah. this morning. And and I feel like what's coming, and I feel like you're going to be a, a huge leader in this in the next few years, is um, helping people realize and redeem uh, self-control as a, a means to joy and as a actually a phenomenal way to live yeah. where you go, I actually really like doing like like no i'm not gonna have that drink because i actually like how i feel and i don't have it better than how i feel when i when i do yeah and so that's that's the word that is on my heart for this podcast is that empowering i think self-control equals freedom yeah self-control equals freedom and to do what you want to do what Mm. you need to do it's like choosing the ability to choose groeschel says to choose what you want most more than what you want now wow what yeah. you want. And that was Jesus, Jesus. in the garden. Yeah. Not my will, but yours. Yeah. What I want most more than what I want That's now. Good. That's it. If you can do that, that equals freedom. Hmm. And it's the, uh, it's the whole, 
almost embracing the decisions. If you make all the decisions where the, the pain is now, but the payoff comes exponentially later, mm -hmm. you're going to walk in more and more freedom and the life that you actually dream about mm. when you fantasize about yeah. a different reality because your real one is not living up to your expectations. Yeah. It's because we choose things where the, the little payoff is right now and there's exponential pain yeah. that doesn't come until later. Yeah. But if you can choose, this is what I want most over this is what I want now. Wow. Dang. Dude, that equals good. freedom. And so that, for that reason, what a gift by Hills by uh, Red Rocks Worship. Yep. Yeah. And self-control as yeah. the the final one in all the list of the fruit of the spirit that never gets airtime and never talk gets about it talked either. about. <laughs> no. But that might be to quote scientists yeah. and psychiatrists and sociologists, that last fruit of the spirit in that list might just be the secret yeah. Yeah. to the future in our world. Wow. Here's my afterthought, final afterthought. Okay. Hearing you guys just talk about that, I realized why This Is Us was such a massive show for so many people. Mm. Because that show was the story of three siblings who didn't know how to deal with the pain of losing their dad. Wow. So one of them ran to food, one of them ran to just numbing through the party life, which turned into addiction. One of them ran to success. Mm -hmm. And we all see ourselves in them and watch them on this journey of trying to figure yeah. out how to deal with pain. Yeah. And just like your sermon, I feel like that show invited everybody in to be like, I'm kind of like that. Yeah. I'm prone to that. Yeah, that's so I good. don't like dealing with pain. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that like that show, like your sermon, we can yeah. keep helping people. I always hope that this podcast yeah. is a friend to someone on their drive mm -hmm. when they're struggling, mm -hmm. when they have questions, when they feel far from God, or they're starting to be open to this idea of God, that this podcast is a friend to them on that run, on that walk where they feel like, okay, there's some other people talking about this and I'm not alone. Right. And so thank you for opening that door in a huge way for a lot of us when it comes to our drugs of choice. Heck yeah. Wow. Okay. That's mm -hmm. it. Well, we just passed 25 minutes, so we'll call it a day. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Whatever. Next week, so I'm going to be talking. I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to be talking about fear. Well, you gave it away. <laughs> uh, oh, dang it. Good night, on to come. Uh, Jacob, bleep that out. <laughs> um, talking about fear, which I'm really excited for. I think that we yeah, have man. a culture that lives in so much fear. Oh, dude. Mm -hmm. And it's the wrong fear. Mm -hmm. But there is a place for fear in our lives. So I'm excited to talk about that. Can't wait. And uh, as always, I'm finding more and more that asking people to share and comment or any way smash that like button it gets this podcast in front of other people we've had some of the shorts that jacob's put out um reach a ton of people and some yeah. of them are trolls that just say horrible things which is fine <laughs> uh, i love that stuff to be honest with you but um if this podcast is that friend do you share it with other people yeah follow our tiktok and help us continue to invite people into this conversation and uh, go buffs go buffs as go we buffs. always say go buffs